When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Welcome everyone to the Holocron Histories Star Wars Canon versus Legends podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, and with me today is a guest host, Psych, from the MCU Lorecast. What's up, Psych? Oh, not much. Just uh, filling in for Teacup today because he asked me to and I had the time. And it's always fun to be in here. Right. And I, I truly appreciate it. I know. Anybody listening, uh, we had a two-week hiatus. Uh, we had life stuff going on. Uh, Teacup had stuff with work. I had stuff with work. And, yeah, life, life gets in the way sometimes. But we are back today, which is awesome. And on top of that, we are going to have a two-part, ep- like, minisodes, if you want to call them minisodes, they're not going to be minisodes, uh, but two-parter of going over a specific character who's beloved by so, so many people in the fandom. And that is obviously Revan himself. And yes, Revan is canon. If anybody doesn't know already, Revan is canon by name alone. None of his feats or none of his accomplishments or histories like been told yet but he is canonized due to uh the episode nine uh the rise of skywalker encyclopedia one of the sith trooper platoons was actually named after him which is canon all the encyclopedias are canon and he's actually mentioned in name in the shadow of i believe it's shadow the sith i think I think that's the book there there's a new book i believe it's i think it's called shadow of the sith where he is mentioned and that is a canonical book so all but right <laughs> today and next week's episodes are strictly his legends history because we don't have anything in canon yet but to start off here we have his early life in jedi training so if you have not played any of the nice old republic games uh one, two, or even the Old Republic. A lot of this stuff was from the Old Republic comics, which is his earlier life. And then we'll we'll dabble into Kotor, like history. But it's preferred just play play the game, play play the game Kotor one or Kotor specifically Kotor one if you want to do Revan stuff. And spoiler, because this is like a fifteen year old game. The character you create is Revan. <laughs> Shock. I mean, <laughs> that twist is still considered one of the best. Oh, it was a phenomenal twist. You history. never thought, yeah. like, 
like you get through over halfway through the game and Malak's like, oh yeah, you're Revan. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I'm the guy that everybody's been freaking out about this entire time? Oh. Okay. And I will oh, yeah. put this on the record as well. In Legends, at least in the comics and books and all, and even in uh, Swotor with the MMO, Revan is a human male. You can play as a female in the game, but in Legends history, in his history, he is a male. So... Yeah, I think that was decided based on, like, the statistical averages of, like, everyone who played mm-hmm. KOTOR, and it was, like, yeah, but... statistically, they went male, and so, specifically, the, like, long-haired With the, one. um, oh, uh, god, what's the hairstyle called, um... Pseudo, is kind of like a mullet, but it yeah. wasn't... It, yeah. It's essentially a mullet, um... But I yeah, think that's because of the texturing available to us at the time. It, it, it does was look 2002. Like a mullet, but... <laughs> so there isn't a whole lot of texture. And yeah. we just upgraded from Poly. <laughs> so, yes. So there's only so much they were able to do back then. But yes, they, they uh, decided on... Because all the comics and everything with his early history came out after KOTOR 1. Uh, and then, yeah, they basically got all the data from games being played of, okay, or I think they did cert- online, or they've done yeah, a bit cause... of survey because you couldn't grab data back in the day. Right, um, right, right. Like you can now. Uh, <laughs> but they did a survey, I believe, like probably on like, I think it might have been StarWars.com or might have been through a magazine of like what uh, gender you played. And they just based off that. Mm-hmm. So, but to get into it, uh, so Revan was a human male. Uh, the individual known as Revan was born in approximately 3,994 BBY, and some believe that he had been born in the Outer Rim territories. The child would be remembered as Revan, Revan eventually discovered the Force Sensitive and accepted into the Jedi Order. So, this is interesting. I'll already kick off the bat. If he was born in the Outer Rims, his outer rim knowledge like you have in game makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Also it's interesting that his real name has been lost to to the you know annals of history. Like nobody knows. He eventually earns the title of Revan or nickname or what however you want to play it. Mm-hmm. And that Just supersedes everything. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And so the Jedi Master Kreia uh, claimed to have been his first teacher in the ways of the Force. Regardless of the truth of her statement, the human was trained along with a fellow student named Alec, born on the planet of Coruscant at the, and at the Jedi Enclave on the planet of Dantooine. Both humans received further training from the Twi'lek Jedi Master Zara Lustin and noted that the man later known as Revan possessed what he described as an insatiable desire for knowledge. And then Letton believed that he was simply useful experience and eagerness, and he expected the young man to become a champion of the Order, a sentiment shared by Master Vandar Tokar and through Master Vuk Vamar, and where this student's desire for knowledge. And both those masters you will meet in KOTOR 1, 
and I think you meet one of them in Kotor too. Uh, yes. Um, you meet all three: Zar, Vander, and Vrook. But uh, it's only I believe Vrook that makes it to two. Uh, yeah, the cause, other because you had the Jedi Purge and everything, and he was like one of the very few. Like there was what? Yes. There was what three or four surviving masters. Uh, four because it's, it's 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 yeah, four planets four... that you go through. Yep, and you, for... they each teach you a form of lightsaber combat. Yep, I, and you know you can't believe anything Kreia says. No, like no. I mean, the grain of truth there is she might have been in the same building as Revan at some point. Like right. maybe. It, yeah. Ex- <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, if you play Kotor two. Very interesting character because she yeah. she she does everything in riddles and it's the most frustrating thing talking to her and she's very condescending on a lot of things, for, uh, specifically like the Jedi way, for instance, when supposedly she's a Jedi. Yes, so, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Just you know, she definitely fell off the path at some point. <laughs> oh yeah, we find that at the end of the game. <laughs> Um, yeah, very interesting. But the so the Jedi uh, studied under a number of Jedi masters after leaving leaving the tutelage of his first teacher, learning from Master Leston, the Enclave's chronicler, Master Dorark, and Master Aaron Ka, the former Jedi hopeful Mincel later claimed the Jedi was known as Revenant, undertaking a thorough study of Force bonds and other uncommon Force powers during the time of, as a Padawan. Which this is also interesting because he had apparently multiple Force bonds, and Force bonds are apparently very hard to attain, as we learn yeah. in Kotor Two, and also very dangerous. Mm-hmm. As we learned from Kotor 2. <laughs> oh, hey, let's have Kreia get her arm cut off. Oh, now I feel pain <laughs> striking through my entire body. Yeah. Yeah, not fun. Ah, Kreia. And then alongside uh, Elek, the main the man achieved the rank of Jedi Knight uh, sometime before the year 3964 BBY. And two, uh, the two were widely acknowledged in being among the most promising members of the Jedi Order. However, Alex's friend was commonly recognized as the more powerful and intelligent of the pair, and he would be seen as the leader among the two. By 3964 BBY, the man was well-known, charismatic, and powerful Jedi Knight. According to Macelle, the Jedi returned to his first teacher in order to learn how to best leave the Jedi Order, though he did not follow through. So, yeah. Uh, so, Revan apparently already had plans at some point leaving the Order, or had some desire to at some point in his life. Well, because I, I think it was, it's tied to what happens next, because at this time... Um... The Mandalorians were making power plays in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the Jedi Order had decided that this is a Republic problem and is thus not ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> thousands of years later, look what happens. Uh, yeah. 
it's kind of a foreshadow right there so yeah yeah as we go with that mandalorians uh yeah the next thing we go into is the mandalorian wars and with that we have the resin resinches resin resinites uh revenites is how i've kind of gone with it and the revenkeist and the revenites but i've never heard it said out before right (laughs) the word comes from the comic so it's not like verbally spoken uh and Swotor we have the Ravenites, which are oh, a, yeah. which is spoken because it has to deal with the Shadow of the Raven expansion. Right, right. So that year warriors of the Mandalorian culture began to the invasion of the Galactic Republic's territories in the Outer Rim, bringing the Mandalorian Wars to the larger galaxy. Outraged the Jedi Council's refusal to invoke involve the order in the conflict, the young Jedi Knight began to speak with many other members of the order, arguing that the Jedi should actively aid the Republic military in its fight against the Mandalorian Neo Crusaders. The Republic media branded him as a as the Jedi's own crusader, and the crusader gradually gathered a following of like-minded Jedi as the number of the military and civilian casualties continued to rise, Alec was the first to join the cause, and his friends soon became considered to be his honorary master of those who followed him. With the backing of Alec and the other followers, the Jedi Knight decided to journey into the war Warfront against the uh, against the wishes of the Jedi High Council, so that he could scout the enemy lines. on On the way, he was he and his followers stopped on the planet of Terrace in the Ojester sector, in the order to meet with the Jedi Master Lucian Dry. Um, so he visited Terrace. <laughs> he he visit he visit he visited Terrace, and if you play. Uh, nice old Republic one. You you do go to Terrace, and uh, mind you, the the planet doesn't end well. No, <laughs> no. So the Crusader hoped to recruit more Jedi to his cause from the Jedi Tower on Terrace, but neither Dre nor any of the other Jedi there were willing to oblige. Not long after departing Terrace, the knight left Alec and the majority of his followers on the planet of Shurja while the himself investigated the Mandalorian activity on Onderon and the moon Dunks or Ducks Dune? Duxon. Duxon, yeah. Sure. Duxon. <laughs> we'll go with Duxon. Yeah. Star Wars planets and moons have interesting names. And yeah. fun fact, you do go to Duxton in Kotor 2. And Onderon, I believe. Uh yeah. Yep. Yeah, because that's the that's with um Manda or Mandalore. Yes. Yeah, it's a, a mission there for Mandalore, and that's also I believe where you pick up the ability to speak to beasts. Yeah, yes. Which really has not really much gameplay impact. No, no. Not it's... at all. Rather it's kind useless. Of it's completely <laughs> I just murdered the animals. It's, it's right. Like, it I'm going to waste my force power points on converting you to fight for me, or I'm just going to throw you. Or you that, or <laughs> stun them. Use like a mind trick, just stun them, and then mm. deal damage right then and there too. So right. There's a, there's so many better ways around it. But anyway. <laughs> Um, so however many of his followers were captured by Mandalorians in an ambush on Shura, 
Uh, considering his findings to be disturbing, the Knight reported them to the Jedi Council on Coruscant shortly after the Republic's official officially entered into the Mandalorian Wars. The, the Council once again told him that the Order had no place in the war. Hmm. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. one of your owns basically going on his own crusade. I think you should probably do something at that right? point. Because then you're trying, you need to try and save face. And like, or at least do something because someone else is doing. It. At least for, give them resources for crying out loud, right? Because I mean, but, they've also captured a bunch of your own people. So yeah, now you're exactly. not just turning now, back now on one guy. Yeah, you're turning back on multiple Jedi students. So that's kind of an issue. So the Jedi followers, including Alec, were eventually rescued from the Mandalorian scientist demagol on the planet known as flashpoint by the fugitive jedi padawan zane karik who had been framed by his former master lucian dry for the murder of his classmates on terrace once reunited with alec and his fellow followers the knight continued his campaign for the jedi intervention in the mandalorian wars i loved those comics seriously some of the best star wars comics i've ever read Yes. I love Zane character. Like he's fantastic he, he's, as a character. In so in the Knights of Order Republic ser- in the comic series, um, Zane is the main protagonist in the comics. Yes. Uh, yes, Revan is there in there, but he is not the main character because he has his own game. So why right. just? I mean, yes, they added more story to Revan due to the comics, but it wasn't solely for Revan. They wanted to tell other stories, make other characters, introduce characters, and so forth. Uh, But yeah, you can go and like, I bought when it literally released last, I think it was last year, it might have been two years ago. Um, I got the entire complete collection of the Knights of the Republic comics. It's like over... Oh, it's thick. It's it's a (laughs) thick book. It's well over probably two to three hundred pages if not more than that oh yeah i mean i paid 120 bucks for the whole thing but it has literally every single old republic comic that's and that's nice buy. those were made 20 years ago <laughs> so just to be able to get something like that now thankful thankfully thank god for star wars and being star wars but then like <laughs> re- redoing the comics or re-releasing them into a giant collection Thank God. For yeah. That. But now we have persuading that goes into the persuading the Jedi. So over the course of 3963 BBY, the Revanites, I'm just going to call them Revanites because it's going to be easier. So the sure. Revanites uh, continue to travel the galaxy and bring his message of the Jedi intervention to all who would listen. A Cathar, Je- a Cathar Jedi named Pharaoh one of the Revanites followers brought the plan of Cathar to the Revanites' attention. He and Alec were on Cathar when the Mandalorian forces were under the command of their leader, Mandalore the Ultimate, attacked the planet of Sirocco. In the Battle of Sirocco, the Mandalorians bombed the planet's surface with nuclear warheads, and the Revanites felt the death of thousands of innocents from several sectors away. Yep. If you're oh. Force-sensitive, you will feel death. And oh yeah, from what we see in comics, what we see in the shows and films, it is not fun. And yeah, and Mandalorians using nukes. 
Yeah, that one, that was, that was bloodthirsty even for the Mandalorians because like that was just total slaughter. Like, yep. how do you how do you get honor out of basically a weapon that vaporizes cities? Right. I mean, it's Mandalore the Ultimate. At that point, he did not care. He, this is true. This is true. Uh, Mandalore the Ultimate was a little. He, he was a couple shy of a full dozen. Almost on the insane side, if not insane. <laughs> uh, but if anybody's noticed, the Mandalorians use like our kind of somewhat modern technology, again like in a very high tech, high sci fi world and. Fa- uh, like galaxy like eventually the mandalorians started using ballistics which they used against jedi specifically because you couldn't block a black you couldn't block a ballistic bullet with a lightsaber you could disintegrate it by for sure but the you know the melted metal coming from it's still gonna spray yeah they they were ruthless (laughs) <laughs> yes. So, not long afterwards, the Ravenites uh, was invited by Lord Ako at Atsaka, something like yeah. that. Uh, Adiska. The, Adiska. That's how I yeah, Adaska. So the Adaska Biomechanical Corporation of Ar- Arcana. Arcana. Jeez, these <laughs> A's. The A's in these. I know. Uh, to bid on. Weaponize exogarths. Ethogarths? <laughs> exogarths. Exogarths, God. The businessman <laughs> thought to sell the faction in the Mandalorian Wars. The knight was unable to attend the auction due to pressing business elsewhere, so he sent Alec in his place. And yep. exogarths, mind you, let me see if I can pull them up. They're just giant space worms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, shortly after the Akaska Akata, yeah, blah, 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 geez, the Akaska affair, uh, Lucen Dry was appointed to the Jedi, or Jedi Council. He reported the Jedi. To, he reported to the Council that the Republic intelligence reports indicated a blow to the Mandalorian's plans of conquest, reportedly by the insurrection within its own ranks, and stated that the interventionist path sought by the Ravenites was wrong for both the Republic and the Jedi. Yeah, but he was also trying to cover up his own Ooh, yeah. BS. So, because mm-hmm. uh, he and Zane are still doing, like, all of the things that we just mentioned here are all covered in that comic book line. Zane's heavily involved in all of that, um, as is Karth for a little bit. Um, so it's all... Again, it's all really good storytelling, uh, and it ties. It's the backdrop to the other stuff going on. So essentially, so the comic series essentially is it gives you a lot of the stuff that happens before Kotor one, mm-hmm. but it also then eventually dives into like a story parallel with Kotor one, but it's all in the back end that you don't see in game. So, but a lot, a lot of it is well before uh, oh, yeah. the events of KOTOR 1. But it's all, the, it's all back, it's all the background things that it's not like 
you see specifically with Revan, which most people aren't like wanting to see. So, so the council approved his motion, which ordered the recall or, if necessary, detention of the Revanites. The Jedi Council sent Alec back to the Revanites and his followers with a final warning. After Alec going under the guise of Captain Malak, testified to the Jedi Council against the secret cabal known as the Jedi Covenant. And the Jedi Covenant was essentially um, a sacred trust between Zane, um, with Zane, and uh, deals with all the stuff from the comics. Yeah. Yeah, that's Lucian's little group of seers. He's their protector. There were four seers. They each had an apprentice uh, to train up. And then they saw one of them turn to the dark side. And the whole point of this covenant was to stop another Exar Kun from coming to power. And that's why they murdered their Padawans, framed Zane for it, and then they each begin to see their own death come to pass. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. messed up storyline. <laughs> like, if you think KOTOR 1 has dark moments, go read the comic because, uh, the old Republic comics are dark. It's like, hey, I mean, they, we're, we're yeah. dead. Just murdering our own Padawans because we're, we see the dark side within them. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not how this guy, guys, this is like, that's dark side stuff you're doing at the moment. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, oh, it, yeah, it was, it was some messed up stuff they did to their own Padawans. Um, and Zane, like, oh yeah, and Zane is like he there was he had no dark side intentions. Like they just, hey, there's this, here's this Jedi. Let's just frame him. He was just basically at the right time, right moment, right time, kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, because that, that's how his force powers worked, right? That was mm -hmm. kind of his shtick. Was uh, his force connection wasn't the best, so he was always late to things, and uh, he'd get into chaotic messes, but somehow come out on top. It was like a domino power kind of thing. Uh, which is one of the reasons why he's so cool as a character. Anyway, if anybody but... knows Domino's from the the Marvel Universe, character from there. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, enough about Zane. Uh, I think we've got something that happens on Cathar, which was oh, God, mentioned this very gets... much. Yeah, this is also really bad. Uh, so the Revenants was on Cathar again when Malik returned from the uh, Coruscant, but Master Lamar and several other Jedi Masters followed him there. The Masters confronted the Revenants and his followers, informing the young Jedi that the Mandalorians were nothing special and demanding that the Revenants' movements disband. I don't know how I would say the Mandalorians were nothing special when they're literally conquering a good portion of the galaxy on their own. Right, yeah, I mean, and uh, and you would think the Jedi Order would recognize that the Mandalorians, if they were to win and conquer the galaxy, the first thing they would do is wipe out the Jedi Order. <laughs> like, yep. they have no use for space wizards. Nope. There's no honor in that. So, but no, the Jedi Order sticks its head in the sand a lot. Like, this is just a repeating plot. Oh, it's a, re it's a repeating, like, that's... <laughs> and here's a little side tangent that is one of the downsides to the order itself mm. un until you get to luke's reformed jedi order in legends that's when it mm -hmm. starts like 
he opened it up to a lot. It's like, you can have relationships. Emotions aren't entirely like you can't don't fall for your emotions, but you can have emotions. You can have attachments. Just don't solely rely on them kind of a thing. And like, that's when like the Jedi order started becoming, Oh, this is actually how it should be done compared to from the older public all the way up to, you know, the prequel trilogy how everything was taught was like attachment bad yeah and it's like (laughs) that's not the case but okay yeah um so however in the midst of the discussion the revenites discovered a mandalorian mask underfoot when he picked it up the entire group of jedi enveloped in the force vision of the past hundreds of cathars were storming Towards the nearby beach, persuaded, pursued by a swarm of Mandalorians led by the Mandalore's lieutenant, Callus uh, Fett, the Jedi trained, tried to defend the Cathar, but the lightsabers were unable to harm the phantom Mandalorians. The Jedi watched helplessly as the Cathar were herded into the ocean, and Fett's forces prepared to massacre the Cathar. And if anybody noticed, a very specific last name. Fett, yes, the mm-hmm. Fett lame has is in Old Republic, much like it is in the prequels and the original trilogy. You gotta keep your connections where you can make them, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And then one Mandalorian, however, flew in front of the Cathar and pleaded with Fett on the uh, on their behest, arguing that they were defeated and that the genocide was unnecessary. Fett declared that the Cathar had to be annihilated for dishonoring the Mandalorian during the Great Sith War, and that if the warrior wished to stand with the Cathar in their final moments, they could perish alongside them as well. Yeah, this fet was ruthless, by the way. Ca- oh, yeah. Cassus was a complete jerk, to put yes. it as a nice word. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, not fun. And so Fett saluted the warrior's efforts before acknowledging his uh, warships to fire away, less killing the outspoken Mandalorian and all the Cathar. It was the Mandalorian's mask and the Revenites had found and been inspired by their sacrifice. He placed the mask on his face, drawing his violet blade lightsaber and adopting the simpler name of Revan. He vowed to wear the mask until all the Mandalorians were brought to justice for their atrocities. And this is if you go like read the comics, this specific panel in the comic is really cool. I like mm-hmm. how it get, puts the mask on and knights his blade and it's like I'm swearing vengeance Let's essentially. Go. <laughs> it's like I'm going to murder them all. Um so even the Jedi Council was affected by the details that were discovered behind the massacre of the Cathar. Although they were still unwilling to lead the entire Jedi Order into the war, the Mandalorian war crimes were sufficient enough for the Council to begrudgingly sanction the intervention of Revan and his faction on behalf of the Republic. Officially, they are still denounced Revan's actions as unwise too hasty and continued to dissuade the rest of the Order from joining Revan's cause. In reality, the Mandalorian's own actions made it impossible for them to stand in the way of Revan's cause. So, officially, for the Jedi Order to save face, they's like, yeah, what Revan doing is terrible. We don't approve any of it. In the back end, in reality, is like, Revan, do what you need to do. We don't we we understand now we're completely right and they basically pulled a 
uh, uh, council for Mass Effect 2. You know, they'll reinstate you as Spectre, but stay over there. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my god, now that I see there's so much correlation between the council and Mass Effect with the Jedi Council. Oh yeah. uh, Jedi Council as a whole in general throughout Star Wars. Yes. Oh god, this is... Oh no. (laughs) Because you gotta remember, uh, Mass Effect was a few years after they did KOTOR here, so I, I'm not surprised that uh, the a lot of the parallels... KOTOR 1 is 2002, KOTOR 3 is 2003, which, fun fun fact here, KOTOR 2 was developed in like less than a year, and that's why the game is feels very... Unfinished? Bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's completely unfinished, and they reused a lot of assets, and... It was a completely different studio. Yeah. Which yeah. is like, Poor Obsidian. how does that work? I, but still. <laughs> um, and what? Yeah, the first Mass Effect was what, 2006? Seven? Seven, something like that. Yeah. 2006, so, 2007. So you had like so, a four, five year gap between was, from KOTOR yeah. 2. Well, if you count KOTOR 2, because that was Obsidian, not Bioware. Right. So, yeah, I really just look at it from Kotor one to Mass Effect, and so like, you got like six to seven years. Okay. So, so I mean, it was parallels there... can be made. Well, and Mass Effect was Mass Effect was their first game after the first Kotor. Well, no, after um, Jade Empire. Jade Empire. Yeah, it was, it was like, after Jade. Jade Empire was after poor, Kotor. Poor one. underrated Jade Empire. <laughs> oh, Jade Empire was great. If you, I if, know. Another Great. side tangent. If you want to go and play a really fun game, very similar to KOTOR 1, but set in, like, I want to say it was, it was chi- like Chinese mythology and Chinese yeah. lore, Jade it's Empire. A little, it's yeah, a Chinese fantasy. It's a little fantasy. vague about when exactly any of that is, but yes, it's Chinese fantasy, basically. And, and it's, it's fantastic. so much fun. But. Um, with that tangent, we are going to take a short mid-break, and we'll be back with more Revan. Welcome to the mid-break of the show, where we talk about everything with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of Star Wars. And I want to... uh, Remind everyone, we do have, if you want to support us, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash holocron histories. I almost said my other podcast right there. Um, and I do want to have a shout out. We do have a new patron, uh, Code Dojo, uh, who is a Jedi Master or Darth. So if you're listening, join the Cups Podcast and more Discord. That way we can send you a link for the upcoming patron chat at the end of the month, which is going to be up to you and or anybody else who joins this month. Uh, feel free to tag in the patron chat in the Discord of what you want to talk about. I'll ping everybody here probably sometime this week, so go from there. And then you can also support us on Apple and Spotify by leaving a five-star review or with some words. And we'll read it out loud the next time on the show. And I do, we do actually have a new review. This comes from Pethum F. Wingfeather uh, in the United States. It's a five-star. Good show, this is not. So it reads, good show, this is not. Awesome show, this is. 
Always wanted to know Star Wars lore. I did. Uh, complicated name. There were. Play the games I have not. The legends I knew not. Teacup and Ben of Tamara presented a great show that that easy to listen is thank you. So thank you, Pifum. I always appreciate reading reviews. And on Spotify, I, I do see everyone's comments. Um, seeing like, thank you, like good show. Thanks for the lore. Uh, one in uh, an episode of Revan, which is what we're covering today and next week. So that is happening. So yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, and if you do want to join us as well, like you can join us on the Discord. There's two Discords you can find us. There's the Robots Radio Discord from robotsradio.net, which is the network we're a part of. And there's also the Cups Podcast and More Discord, which is also another Discord we're a part of with the other Cups shows, such as the Dragon Age, Assassin's Creed, Lorecast. Um, so you can find us there. And uh, also, one last thing, or two last things, actually. One, I am actually now going to be hosting a third show. So I host the Holocron Histories with T- Austin. I host the Wizard World lore cast with Courier7 and Nina Kitty. And then now I will be hosting the Final Fantasy lore cast with Steven and Trey. Uh, hopefully we'll have some episodes here in the next couple weeks. We're starting in the next couple weeks, but super excited about that been playing a lot of 16 which got me back into 14 and then i'm going to be starting replaying a lot of the older games so it, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, but if you want to learn more of the lore between in the final fantasy world join us on the final fantasy lore cast and i also want to announce we are now affiliated this show is now affiliated with gamestop which fun fact was my previous employer. So if anyone has like wants to help us out, you can use the affiliate link in the description below of the episode to buy anything from GameStop and that will help the show. And if you're listening to this, GameStop has a lot. I would know. I work there. They have a lot of Star Wars stuff or anything else of gaming related. So yeah. And then uh and then you can also find Psych on his show on the MCU Lorecast, as well as the what Mass Effect Blue Shift, right? Yes, uh, Mass Effect Blue Shift tabletop RPG podcast, uh, utilizing the Fate system. Uh, it's a, it's like true crime. Uh, we play Citadel agents, and my uh, my wife is the GM. She takes cases that she likes. She throws on a Mass Effect spin on it, and then we just kind of try to solve it to the best of our abilities. Uh, we just wrapped up on a bombing case, so that was fun. A bombing case on the Citadel. Mm-hmm. That sounds familiar. <laughs> 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 like, that doesn't happen on, like, at least one per game. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, awesome. So, uh, anything else you want to add, Psych? Uh, outside of those two things, I do, or I am working on, uh, on audio drama, the Avengers audio drama. Um, I take the classic comics and I modernize them because, woof, <laughs> they, uh, they do not age well, I would say. Um, but I, I'm doing that with uh, Scyther Audio. Um, I'm writing, I'm directing, I'm audio engineering it uh, and I'm going to be voice actor for it as well 
uh first episode goes out in september so oh my be on the lookout. god that has to be a lot oh my gosh it is is <laughs> i mean it's a lot of fun don't get me wrong i all the skills i've learned from doing the mass effects back end stuff uh doing vocal effects putting in uh music putting in uh combat effects i've taken those skills and i've applied it to a, it just on a grander scale of whole thing top to bottom from script to completed thing is all mine that's awesome what so what do you guys have a name for it yet uh the avengers audio drama uh, avengers audio drama so yeah. when that comes out in september go check it out because is it going to be on the robots radio network no no this is from cypher audio like cypher audio okay yeah so separate thing okay but still go check that out always support our like we have a bunch of stuff like so that's your third thing i have a third yeah. thing coming out yes austin has three podcasts i mean we, we go go support we're us we're busy we're all busy people <laughs> but it's so so much fun and if you want yes. to join the robots radio network you can join the rocket club and if there's something that's not on the discord that you want to have like you may might want to try a podcast on feel free to message us or feel free to talk in the discord we're all here to help each other so but with that being said, let's get back into more Revan. All right. So we're back from the midbreak. And we ended with the Mandalorian Jedi Council finally, like, recognizing Revan's intervention. <laughs> his, yeah. his, his point of things. Like, okay, we kind of we get it now. Now we get to the fighting with the Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. So in the following weeks, the Revanites Jedi, uh, Revanites Jedi joined the Republic military in battling the Mandalorians openly. By that time, a Jedi named Metra Surik had become one of the Revan's most valuable lieutenants. Now, most people will not know her name. Metra Surik is the Jedi exile that you that the whole entire event of KOTOR 2 is based on. Uh-huh. That is the character that is the character that is the main protagonist of KOTOR 2 and she is canonically in Legends a female. Uh-huh. As the first game was male, the second game was female. That's how they did that. Uh, so they had a balance between the two. Right. Makes sense. Uh, but that is the character that we play as in KOTOR 2. And so Revan quickly won a string of military victories, proving himself uh, to the Republic military a capable military leader. And in 3962 BBY, Revan and Malak prevented the Battle of Duro from becoming an even larger disaster by bringing a fleet of Interdector-class cruisers into the system, preventing the Mandalorians from escaping with large amounts of war material from Duro's orable shipyards. In the light of the accomplishments, Supreme, Supreme Chancellor Tor Kressa uh, named the Supreme Commander, named named Revan Supreme Commander, and placed a th- placed a third of the Republic military under his direct command. Under his leadership, the Republic war effort began to push back the Mandalorians, but at a price. Revan and Malak began to adopt a policy of victories at all cost. So. Now we kind of get to see, okay, they're kind of like starting to, you start seeing those dark side 
tendencies in a bit within yeah. them. Now, granted, and we'll get into the whole dark side thing. I don't know if we'll, I don't think we'll get to that on this episode, but we definitely will get it into the next episode. So, while Revan had a keen military mind and knew the Rev- Republic's industrial might <clears throat> was key to victory, many of the re- victories were a result of sacrificing resources. Oh my gosh. Throat. And, um, in territory and to gain uh, an advantage. Moral shortcuts became common under the Revan and Malak's leadership, and the two Jedi developed a cold and calculating disposition unlike that of a Jedi. They matched the Mandalorian's brutal tactics with tactics just as merciless. So basically, if I want to defeat my enemy, I have to become them. It's kind of like the the style they were thinking about doing, which, I mean, it works, but at what cost, as we see? Right. So, sometime during the next two years, Revan and Malak uncovered the ancient rune of the Rakata species near the Jedi Enclave on Tantooine, and after ongoing a series of tasks in the hands of the droid guardians, the two were given access to into the inner chambers. Moments before they crossed the threshold, Malak warned Revan of the consequences, believing the council would banish the two if they attempted to enter. However, Revan would not be dissuaded, and the two enter the chamber to discover a star map, a relic of the Rakata species that showed a part of the location of the Rakatan space station known as the Star Forge. In 3961 BBY, Revan discovered another star map in the depths of the Shadowlands, a region of the Wookiee homeworld of Kashyyyk, and the two Jedi briefly visited the Sith homeworld of Korriban. Not long after, Revan traveled to the Sith world of Malachor V and discovered that the Trius Academy, a temple of Sith learning, there he began to dis- to be dis- seduced by the dark side of the forest, learning that the Sith knowledge contained within the Academy, and Revan introduced Malak to the dark side as well. Yes. So, like, I've I've read the novel Revan, mm-hmm. um, and in it, I I thought they kind of retconned this a little bit, where, like, yes, he adopted a lot of this, but he didn't turn to the dark side until actually going to face off against the Correct. Sith Emperor, right? So, okay. essentially, like, they were being seduced by, by the dark side, but they weren't, like... They haven't fell to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, which, this is, okay, here's a little prelude for next week's episode. Uh, ah. Revan didn't fall to the dark side of his own initiation, oh, his own free will. He was completely brainwashed. Yeah. That's and by, I, I mean that by the yeah. literal technical term, he was literally brainwashed into the dark side. Granted, he he before all that, he yeah, and like during right now, he he has dark side tendencies, he's being seduced by the dark side, but he hasn't fully embraced the dark side mm-hmm. until yeah, la- until later. Because if I remember the book's way of describing it, he wins the he wins the Mandalorian War, disappears mm-hmm. out into the unknown reaches to go face off against the emperor mm-hmm. gets brainwashed. Then he goes out and finds 
all of this stuff and then comes back. But I guess I'm getting ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so now we have the showdown. So through the thrall of the dark side, Revan did not renounce the Jedi ways initially, and he and Malak continued to battle the Mandalorians. When the Republic sought to drive the Mandalorians off of Terrace, Revan himself led a group of Jedi into the Battle of Terrace's Undercity. There, Revan freed a group of slaves who were about to be sold on the slave market. Among them was a young Jedi force sensitive Cathar named Juhani. Hmm. Uh, inspired by Revan's heroism, Johnny was encouraged by one of Revan's compatriots to join the Jedi Order. Not long afterward, Malak and Revan were defeated by the Mandalorian commander Callus Fett on the star cruiser or star cluster Jaga's cluster, and Revan then ordered a large part of the forces under recently promoted General Maitre Surak to attack the Mandalorian strongholds on Onderon and uh. Dunix? Dunix? Duxin. Duxin. God. <laughs> it's D-X-U-N. So yeah, I know. It throws me off. Duxin. <laughs> so in an effort to draw out the Mandalorians, Revan launched a campaign against the planet of Athir Three that destroyed much of the Mandalorian army. By 3960 BBY, Revan had begun to use his lightsaber of a blue color, and had ordered the construction of a superweapon known as the Mass Shadow Generator, which had been designed by Zabrak engineer Baudur. Love Baudur. Such hmm. an awesome character. Some names are kind of popping up we might know yeah. from the games. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the Mass Shadow Generator served as the counterpiece of the elaborate trap to the in the Malachor system, where they hoped to lure the Mandalorians into a final confrontation. That would end the conflict. He placed General Surak in command of half of the Republic fleet to serve as bait to draw the Mandalorians into the range of the Mass Shadow Generator, while the rest of the fleet under Revan would launch an assault on Malachor, Ma- Mandalore's flagship. But, however, Revan himself was delayed outside the system by a Mandalorian scouting party. When he finally arrived in the Malachor system, a massive naval battle was underway, and Mandalorian realized the defeat was inevitable, decided to challenge Revan to single combat. And then accepting Mandalore's challenge, Revan engaged the warrior in a duel to the death aboard Mandalore's flagship. Despite Mandalore's strength, he eventually overcome by his Jedi opponent, and was at the end of the duel, Mandalore lay dying at Revan's feet. So... And if you read the comics, this is this is all happening in the comics. Mandalore is like a very fierce fighter. Like he he almost took out Revan, but just because Revan was more Revan, Revan, <laughs> and then you know him also being a force wielder leaned him in the way of winning, essentially. Right. But Mandalore was no slouch. <laughs> no, no, we don't get to be the top of a fighting. Uh, so uh, society without being the best. Right. And yeah. So coughing up blood, Mandalore removed his mask and began to, began to speak in his victorious opponent about how he had been betrayed. Puzzled, Revan questioned Mandalore to what he meant and the dying man explained that he had been manipulated by a red-skinned Sith into beginning the war. The Sith had been convinced the Mandalore to help him uncover a Sith tomb on the ice world of uh, Reclad, 
uh, before they influenced the warrior into attacking the Republic. Mandalore gave Revan Rakad's coordinates in order to prove that he was telling the truth before he died, and Revan took Mandalore's mask, his symbol of leadership, as the spoils of war. Just wait till you do see what he does next with it. <laughs> uh, with Revan's victory, the Republic forces pressed to begin began to press the Mandalorian forces closer and closer to Malachor Five. It was then the Cyrillic commanded Baldor to activate the mass shadow generator, and Revan's own vessel was outside the range of the super weapon as it was activated. Revan and Cyrillic both watched in horror as most of the Mandalorian fleet and a large number of Republic vessels were drawn into the planet into a massive gravity vortex. And mind you, is they're basically pulling in and exploding while they're being pulled in and everything. It's a complete not good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, this is basically Hiroshima Nagasaki for yes. Uh, for between the Japanese and, and the and the Americans here. Like Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a no go. It's it's bad. Yeah. And then countless ships were pulled from orbit and slammed to Malakor's five's crust, crushing them and fracturing the planet into its very core. Thousands died on both sides of the battle, though the Mandalorians suffered far more casualties than the Republic. In the wake of the devastation, the Mandalorians who survived transmitted their unconditional surrender to the Republic forces. Yeah, and that is what we have for part one. There is a lot to talk about, even more after this, so stay tuned for next week. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it it just Revan's story gets even more and more interesting even after this, mm -hmm. and I mean we get to play some of it through Kotor one, and we do get to experience some of his later story towards and in uh the old republic mmo yes but that's even <laughs> that's the... even later so the republic <laughs> so the old republic mmo takes place over about 300 years after the events of kotor 2 yeah so and revan's in it and we'll get part to that in part two of revan's history but just think about that one when we're ending the show how did this man live for 300 years? Because there's not a force power that lets you live to live forever. There's one. It's just very, very painful. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> learn about that in the next episode, too. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Lord Scourge. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Is anything else you want to add, Psych, before we end the episode? No, no. I'm good. All right. Well... I'll see everybody next week and remember er, and may the force be with you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SW Holo Histories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. 
How well do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue, and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.